Hi, and welcome again to another episode of Five Plain Questions, a podcast that proposes five questions to Native American artists, creators, musicians, writers, movers, shakers, and cultural bears, people in the community that are doing great things for the communities. I'm Joe Williams, your host for this conversation. I'm director of CANA, the Native American programs at the Plains Art Museum. My goal is to showcase amazing people in our Native American community and region and around the country. This episode, we're going to do things a little different. Uh, as normal, what we do is we interview different artists and we talk about their processes and where they're from and, and currently what they're doing. But this week, we're going to do something a little different. Um, in the last two weeks, uh, the program that, that I'm director of, the Native American programs at the Plains Art Museum, we've been hosting the Northern Plains Summer Art Institute, which is a two-week uh, intensive program for Native American high school students and college students. And what we do is uh, we have these students, um, they roll, enroll into this course, and we have a number of artists that teach them uh, the fundamental of the arts, uh, drawing, painting, color theory, uh, bookbinding, and the cyanotype. And then in the evenings, we have evening, evening sessions that uh, we talk about some of the arts that are, are not generally covered in art school or in programs like this. And it's a very intensive program. And we've just completed it uh, over the weekend. And now, of course, uh, the program's done and everyone's kind of gone their separate ways. But I think it's it's a very important program to talk about and to uh, sort of dive in a little bit on, on what it was all about. And I wanted to capture it in a way that it has a, that these kind of programs haven't been captured before. So what we'll do is we'll, we'll talk a little bit about it, apply some of these same five questions, but to this program. And so, yeah, that's, that's what we're going to do. So the, this podcast has taken advantage of the opportunity to speak to a number of artists, uh, in the last couple months. And a number of these artists are actually the, the staff of this program, uh, from Gerald Knoyer to Keith Braveheart to Deani Whitehawk, uh, Marty Tubles Jr. are a few of the staff that we had on, on, um, well, staff, uh, to, to run this program and to guide these, these young artists, uh, hopefully to a future of the arts, but to definitely, um, guide them in a way that they may have not had instruction before. And, you know, it's, um, I think it's a combination of, of good luck and opportunity to be able to have had this podcast and to have these artists on staff to, uh, to teach these kids. And so if you've listened to this podcast, you've, you've gotten to know fairly well who some of these artists are. And I, I would direct you to listen to some past episodes, uh, to catch up on, to, on some of the, who these individuals are. So this, uh, this program, the Northern Plains Summer Art Institute, is a, a brand new uh, program from, again, like I said, the Plains Art Museum. And what it is, is it's a two-week summer art institute to provide instruction, uh, very intense instruction in a sense, to these students. Now, it's not an original idea. Um, programs like these have been going on for uh, decades. And this program um, is... I guess modeled or inspired for sure from the Oscar House Summer Art Institute uh, out of the University of South Dakota. Now, this program, the the Oscar House Summer Art Institute, was started at the University of South Dakota, I believe, in 1960. Um, 
And what had happened is that uh, individuals, uh, I believe within the Board of Regents and the University of South Dakota, uh, came up with this idea, approached Oscar Howe and inquired if he would be interested in participating in this program. And he was, was very interested and excited about this. And while there are currently um, few details on how that program began, uh, there is some information from that time. And we know that from those first 10 years or so, we had a number of artists uh, that have come out of that program. Um, you know, uh, Don Monolo, uh, one of our former uh, staff. Um, a lot of artists who actually became the, um, the dream catchers Artist Guild, uh, a generation of very influential Northern Plains artists who, who had come from that. So it was a very successful program, including one, Robert Penn, who was my mentor at the University of South Dakota back in the 1990s. And um, in during that time, in around 91, 92, Robert Penn, Alta Penn, and uh, John Day, the Dean of Fine Arts of the University of South Dakota Fine Arts School, um, they rebooted the program and that is the program that uh, created a new generation of artists who are sort of leading the northern plains uh, movement and this generation of artists today um, i'm lucky enough to be part of that group um, i started that in that program as a student back in 1993 and as staff uh, i had worked with a number of staff who had who had eventually worked on this Northern Plains Summer Art Institute this last summer. And so, long story short, um, a number of us have been talking for a number of years about wanting to uh, get involved again. <clears throat> um, you know, programs come and go, and while the Oscar House Summer Art Institute is still continuing on, it did stop for a while. And uh, I think after 2009 or so, it was done, and, and we had moved on from that, from that program. And as life goes, you know, we, we come and go and, you know, that's, that's just sort of how it is. Now we had longed to get together again and try to do something so that we could help youth and inspire and encourage people to find their voice in the arts. And it wasn't until I started at the, uh, Northern, uh, at the Plains Art Museum here in Fargo, North Dakota, that this opportunity presented itself. So um, while I initially had proposed the idea to start the program, uh, it, it took a little while to get that going and to get that uh, support needed to be able to get it running. And um, and that's just sort of, uh, I guess, a, a brief uh, background on this. Um, you know, to get a program going in the best of times takes coordination. It, it takes a little... Uh, fundraising. It takes a little inspiring uh, to get people on board. And so I had spent a lot of time doing that. Um, I had full support from the administration of the museum. And the community was interested in hearing um, where where this would go. And I knew that if this was going to be a successful endeavor, that I needed to, to reach back to some of the old staff in the old program, people who knew how this program worked. Because I think for something to be successful, whether it's uh, an academic program, whether it's a movie, whether it is some sort of creative endeavor, uh, you definitely need to have people that understand your vision, who share who share a, a very innate understanding of, of what something is. 
And I knew that if this program was going to be successful, I needed to bring in people who fully understood what this program was and what it what it meant to uh, students and, and adults that were running this program. And I knew that bringing in uh, individuals like Gerald Knoyer, um, Kevin Bowman, uh, Keith Braveheart, people who had been a part of this program in the past, uh, Deani Whitehawk was another individual who who instinctively knew uh, how a program like this would run because they had all been cadre or staff people in the old Oscar Hausmer Art Institute. So I knew that once they come on, they fully understood that this program would require time and dedication and energy uh, completely focused um, from day one, that there would be no convincing, that there would be no sort of... Um, there, there would be no sort of influencing on, on how something like this would be successful. And so um, as soon as I made this proposal to some of the staff, uh, they, they were on board. Um, and I was very excited and very fortunate that, that they were on board. So that's, that's kind of how it uh, started. And again, it, it took a while. But of course, we are in a time that things are complicated, whether it's um, COVID-19, whether it's civil unrest. Uh, we um, We had a lot of things to consider on this program. And obviously with COVID-19 happening, which is sort of the genesis of this podcast, we knew that um, we weren't going to be able to host the program in person. Um, Circle of Nations was doing everything they could to make it available for students. But the risk to uh, students, to staff, to the students' parents, grandparents, to staff's grandparents and parents, um, and family members was just too high, and we we understood that um, that that just wasn't a feasible option. So we decided that that wasn't going to be the case. Now, the the applications for the program for the students closed on April first, and I think we extended to May first, and the program started on June fourteenth. Now, I knew that I had to make a decision on June uh, on May first to whether move forward with the program or not. I wanted to give staff enough time that if we weren't going to run the program to let them know so that they can make changes to their summer uh, schedule. And and so this wouldn't affect them financially, although we programs like this don't pay a lot, Uh, but still, you know, and for their time, you know, um, two weeks with this program, they could be doing two weeks working on other projects on their artwork. Um, Most of the staff are educators. And so, you know, for an educator, summer, summer break is a really big deal. So speaking with, with Gerald Knoyer, um, and Keith Braveheart, we decided that we had to carry on with the program in some form or the other, and that this would be the opportunity to evolve a program like this, especially in this day and age. I mean, we're the 21st century now. You know, we have online opportunities and resources that we could make this happen. And of course, we're sort of in this Zoom era, you know, where everyone's meeting on Zoom and exchanging information. Uh, whether it's face-to-face uh, conversations or whether it's um, artwork or files. Whatever the case is, um, this could be possible. 
And so I uh, made the decision that this is what we would do. And I reached out to the, the artist and I said, listen, um, we're not going to be able to carry on like we normally do. And it's going to be a different type of program in a sense. <clears throat> and to the credit of the staff, none of them walked away from it. They were all on board. And so once that commitment was made by the entire staff, I knew that that we we had a good setup. And so that's um, that's what we did. And so uh, we at the museum, uh, we gathered the material that we needed to for the students, uh, mailed all the material off to the students. So the students got these what we call the art care packages. Um, I, I come from a military background, and whenever we were deployed, we would get care packages from our families back home or family and friends, you know, and in a care package, a soldier will get, uh, you know, some some vital things, you know, some toiletries and, and things to make you comfortable, two snacks and foods and homemade stuff from back home, and things that sort of nourish the soul in a sense. And so this art care package that we put together at the museum was essentially that. It was a nourishment for the artistic soul. So students got things like sketchbooks and pens and pencils and drawing materials, along with paints and brush sets and, and everything they needed to take a drawing class, a pinning class, a book binding class, uh, a cyanotype uh, class, um, which required uh, Amanda, one of our staff at the museum, to cut hundreds of sheets of paper uh, into smallable, small enough sizes so that it could fit into um, a, a box uh, to ship to the students. And so there's a lot of work on the, the back end to make that possible. And so we did. We got it out. And uh, for the most part, all the kids, the students got all their art material on time. And um, yeah, and so we, we started off and uh, we went for two weeks. And so that's, that's sort of where, um, that, I guess that's kind of how it got set up. Now, I, I talked a little bit about the influences. Um, the Oscar Hausemar Art Institute is sort of the gold standard for old programs. Uh, when I say old programs, I mean like from the 1990s, 2000s that inspired the staff on this program. Um, I guess it, it gave us something to aspire to, um, a camaraderie, uh, both for staff and students, uh, an intensity of work that that created... Uh, a successful group, I guess, so to speak. And, and that was something that we, that we um, brought into this program. We wanted this to be intense. We wanted to challenge our students um, to give them a lot of work because the, the whole point of these programs is to um, inspire students. We're, we're not trying to uh, weed out youth. Um, we're, we're not trying to find the the strongest of the strong students, the most focused students. What we're doing is we're showing them what a college experience is like. You know, if they're if they're high school students and they're looking at going to college, that this is the type of work and this is the amount of work that they would be doing. And for myself and a lot of students who went through this program before, that was exciting to knowing that you know if you're in high school and, and you don't have a, a art education or very little education, art education, that. There were organizations and universities, colleges, that are set up to teach you art fundamentals and more specific focused types of, of crafts. And that's, that's something to look forward to and very exciting. Um, but also that if once you enter these programs, there is an expectation 
that you're going to um, that you're going to be held accountable for for getting work done and for showing up for class and engaging with staff and other students. And so that was very purposeful in this program. Now, this program also, it was a 50-50 mix of high school students and college students. And the staff, the majority of which are uh, college instructors and professors, um, made sure that this experience was also prepping these college students, these undergrad students, for a career in grad school. And that's that's one of the, the focuses of the Northern Plains Summer Art Institute is to, I guess, have our students, in a sense, punch up. You know, if you're a high school student, you're looking at college. If you're a college student, you're looking at grad school uh, because we want to raise the bar for these students to, to really challenge themselves, to get them to the next level, to inspire them. And that was um, that was something that we developed in the old Oscar Howe program. Um, you know, that's that's that was the mindset that we walked in on and developed, of course, once we got this program going. So, um, yeah. So, you know, talking about old influences, uh, John Day, the dean of fine arts at, um, at University of South Dakota, Robert Penn in Alta Dela Cruz Penn. Um, you know, they were they were individuals that were very important to the program in the beginning. And of course, a lot of the the artists that had come in through that old program, um, you know, from Roger Brower, Don Monolo, Don Rouleau, Robert Freeman. Um, <clears throat> and I'm, I'm leaving out a lot of names. And I apologize to those who were involved in the old program. Uh, Corey Nedler, uh, you know, the people that were involved in those those early days for us, um, who are all still working, who are all still having great careers. Yeah, you know, it's um, it's important to acknowledge uh, those who had come before us because we are all connected and we all have, there is a lineage that does exist, uh, for better, for worse, um, that is, is important to acknowledge. So, you know, I... You know, kind of looking at the the theme of the the five plain questions, I, I kind of tackled all of them in this sort of this this uh, this format, and then this this talk I had just given. So, uh, one of them is how do we develop our career? You know, um, I think a lot of us, uh, Gerald, Kevin, Keith, myself, uh, who are all part of the 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 original program, um, we knew that early on years ago when we were part of the old program, that if we wanted to do something like this someday as, as we move on and forward in career, that we needed to um, get ourselves into a position uh, to be able to do something like this. And so the first part is to get our master's degree. And I think with the exception of one or two individuals in the Northern Plains Summer Art Institute, we all have our, our MFA, our Master of Fine Arts degree. Um, it's, it's not a, it's not a brag. It's not to say, you know, we have these advanced educations, but it's an acknowledgement of the amount of work, uh, that the staff has, has worked on professionally and personally and how they've pushed themselves. You know, they, they don't, um, they don't find a level of, of success in the art field and say, okay, we're good to go. I've sold a few paintings. I've made a couple thousand dollars. I'm exactly where I need to be. Um, I think graduate school challenges individuals to find their voice, to find their direction. Um, I think undergrad programs are great for developing those core aspects of art to develop those, um, those 
key fundamentals in the craft of your work. But graduate school helps you find your voice and uh, gives you a sense of direction. And I think that's something that we all have experienced in one degree or the other. Now, saying this does not make this the end all to what these programs are. Um, but I think for us individually, that's that's what has happened. And so, um, you know, we've we've sought out an education to be able to put something like this together. And it's a lot of luck, you know. Um, I think we're lucky to have jobs in in the fields that we're in. The staff are, are primarily all art uh, college-level uh, art educators. Uh, I'm an administrator at a museum, and it, we're just lucky that this happened. And so while I think an individual <clears throat> can be meticulous and intentional in how they develop their career, one also has to acknowledge luck as part of the experience. And so, you know, a question I often ask artists is, how do you seek opportunities? And I think um, one is that, you know, for myself, I, I, I liked how Diani in her episode talked about how she sort of planned things out. Um, she knew that at certain points within her career, as she moved um, through her education and and beyond, that she was going to be intentional on how she looked at her opportunities. And I think that's the, the same for myself. Um, you know, I I got to the museum um, as initially I approached the the. the the Plains Art Museum, uh, looking for a space to open up a Native American gallery. And then I, as uh, speaking with the museum, um, learned that there was an internship and then this opportunity to take over this position that really ran concurrent with with my intentions of my own gallery. And so uh, working here now, I, I have this, this incredible opportunity, which I'm so thankful for, to be able to work on programs that I think are very important for the community. Uh, one is this podcast to be able to get the voice out of, of so many great artists. Um, and we've only just started. We, we've had eight amazing people. We have a dozen more people lined up that are, will be coming down over the summer and then for the next year or so. Um, you know, we have this education series that we're doing right now with with the Northern Plains Summer Art Institute. And, um, and I don't want to talk too much about the other programs that are coming, but they're very intentional on both uh, bringing in uh, Northern Plains woodland artists from this four-state area and connecting it with the general public and the youth um, because I think education is, is a very important cornerstone for this museum. So it's... Um, it's exciting, but I think ultimately it's looking forward and and seeing what opportunities not not just help yourself because this this isn't about um, myself, but it's about uh, promoting other artists and supporting other artists uh, for the greater good of the community. And in this this Northern Plains Summer Art Institute, I specifically selected these individuals because I knew that once they were involved in the program. I wouldn't have to worry about them being late, not showing up, having excuses why they couldn't uh, be there. Um, I knew that once they were there, they were 100% there. And I knew that this was 
with this group of individuals. This is specifically why um, I, I chose to work with them. And they did an outstanding job. So, you know, uh, a question that I usually end um, these episodes on is, what would I say to an 18-year-old? Um, uh, initially a version of myself, but uh, I, I think... If you're a young person listening to this um, and, and you're looking at uh, finishing school, high school, and looking at college, um, you know, I, I would urge you to challenge yourself to leave home uh, and pursue an education. Um, and that doesn't have to be the big university in the big city hundreds of miles away or thousands of miles away. Um, if there's a local school that offers uh in associate's education, jump on it, take it, you know, uh, challenge yourself. If there is an online course, uh, that, uh, that offers something that interests you, go for it. Um, enroll into that course and challenge yourself. If it makes you feel uncomfortable and it kind of scares you good, take that on. Um, for this program, we had, uh, quite a few application applicants. And while we initially were going to accept, I believe only 12 applicants, um, we ended up taking on a few more, uh, because the, the, the pool was so good and we had the opportunity to be able to help, um, bring in more students, uh, than we initiate initially thought. And, um, a lot of factors went into it, but I think judging from our first get together with the students, uh, a lot of them were apprehensive. They were nervous. Um, they, they weren't quite sure what to expect as it was with the Oscar Howe program when I was a student. Um, I think, uh, Keith Braveheart can talk about the same thing. Um, I think anyone, any student who was part of the old Oscar Howe program, uh, and with this Northern Plains, uh, group of students, you're, you're nervous, uh, that first day. Cause you don't know, you don't know what you're walking into. You know, you don't know what kind of students are going to be there. You don't know who these adults are. You, and you're kind of, you're kind of on your own. Now, obviously with this being an online program this year, these students were be, were, they were safe in their homes in a sense, but still you're online. You're dealing with a lot of people that you haven't met before. And that's a scary thing. And to put yourself out there like that, um, takes a fair amount of courage, but it's, it's a courage that we all have. And that's a courage that you have inside yourself too. Um, and you'll find that once you interact with somebody in a group of people, they're going to see what's interesting about you and they're going to accept you. Um, it may not seem like it at first because, uh, believe it or not, everyone else is just as nervous and insecure as you are. You know, everyone's looking for the best in people, even if, if you think that maybe the world's not, um, if sometimes you kind of feel like you're alone, right? But you'll find that there's, everyone's kind of feeling the same way. Everyone's kind of insecure. And if you spend a little time getting to know some people, you'll realize that they're just trying to find the same thing too. A lot of people are just trying to find a friend and someone who gets them as much as you want people to get you. And so what I found in the, the Oscar Hop Summer Art Institute, and I think what a number of students had found in this program was just that, you know, that the the students were a group of young people just trying to to figure 
figure what this thing was and found out that um, there was a lot of like-minded, creative, fun, good people that were that were involved in this. And so, yeah, you know, I, I would say um, when this program becomes available next spring, um, apply. Uh, get some work together and apply. The... The requirements for being in this program is one, uh, being uh, Native American, uh, currently in school, uh, either under or high school or undergrad in college, and uh, generally between the ages of 15 and 22. These aren't hard rules, but these are, you know, guidelines. And we're not looking for the best artist. Um, we're not looking for students who have the absolute best ability because that's talent as some people call it is just a foot in the door being able being interested in art is a foot in the door but what we want to see is is our students that have a level of ambition and discipline and interest in the arts and in the culture and if if we see that that you're really thinking about things and, and how you want to approach art and approach an education. Uh, you have an opportunity to write a short essay on this and it's inspiring. And so we're just, we're, we're finding to see if, if, if you have a, a more than just a, a general interest in something like this. And if you think that, uh, this is something that could work for you, um, please apply. Now it's July uh, the applications will open in January. So you have a little bit of time. So I would say in preparation for applying for next year is if you have a sketchbook, just fill up that sketchbook, do a drawing a day, whether it's pencil, pen, uh, paint, if you're painting, um, be creative, have fun with it. Um, if you know, you have plenty of time and you know, uh, if you can take good pictures of your artwork, so it's clear and easy to see, uh, online. That's always a big, a big plus. And yeah, have fun with it. You know, you can always tell when someone's really enjoying their artwork. Uh, yeah, yeah, we, we get very serious about artwork at times. Um, but as a young person, it should be something that you enjoy and something that you, you're enthusiastic about doing every single day. So you got time, work on it, work up a lot of drawings. That way you can select the best dozen or so that you've, you've put together. And if you're not under 22 and you're listening to this and you're thinking of someone that comes to mind, a young person that might fit this program, talk to them, uh, send them to our, our webpage or have them listen to this episode. And so that brings me to the last part of, of these episodes is talking about where you can find us. And, you know, uh, like I say on, on all these episodes, you know, you can find us on our Facebook page, you can find us at our website and, and there they'll find all the information that they need. So, but I, I wanted to have this, this off week as something that was a little different from normal, but just as important and special, because I think what this Northern Plains Summer Art Institute is, is it's very important for the community. I think it's very important to know that, um, there's a generation of, of individuals passing, artistic and cultural information to a younger generation. And this program reinforced this idea that I have about our youth. 
you know, I, I think often as we get older, uh, it's popular to, for adults of a certain age, and I'm I'm of a certain age. I'm I'm uh, I'm in my forties now. Uh, for for us to say, oh, kids these days, you know, kids these days don't have the 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 respect that they used to have, or they don't, you know, kids. Um, you know, I think the the big thing uh, in recent years is uh, you know the millennial argument, you know, tie pods and all this other stuff. But I, I don't subscribe to that idea. I think that the youth are the best of us. I've always been inspired by the energy and the sharpness of youth, the ambition and the potential that our youth have. Um, I, I never have cast doubt um, or looked sideways at youth because I think our, our youth are always, um, just like we did, trying to figure it out, you know, um, I'm a Gen Xer, and I remember in the early 90s, you know, people um, were disparaging our generation for being stuck on being ironic and, um, you know, video games and, and whatnot, and it was, it was so silly. And I never subscribed to what older people saying about us because, um, you know, every generation is just trying to figure it out as they grow older. And millennials... Um, are the best of us right now you know the they're great artists they're the stem scores of this generation are far superior than than generations before engineering and technology a very very great generation and then generation z that's coming up behind them are accelerating in all these fields as well so i'm not cynical at all about the youth that's coming up i'm i'm very excited and I certainly enjoy having conversations uh, with young people as as they seek opportunities to improve themselves. Um, yeah, yeah. So I'll share one story before closing. Um, I, I was in the military for 20 years, and I served in Iraq in uh, the early part of that experience. And I... Um, we, we used to get the Stars and Stripes, and I read an article about how the sergeant major was complaining that soldiers these days uh, would get the Bronze Star and the Silver Star and ARCOMs. Uh, they would get awards uh, for seemingly just showing up, and they were complaining that, you know, in when the sergeant major was younger and they were in the previous war, that... He, that soldiers had to earn the rewards. They had to they had to earn through fighting and and, and and heroics, and that these kids these days were just handed awards, handed medals just for showing up. Now, at the end of the article, Stars and Stripes had said that this article by the sergeant major or the statement by the sergeant major was made in 1943, and that he was saying that these kids in World War II were just being handed medals. And of course, um, we now know, you know, that World War II was the, the most consequential war uh, in, in history. And at that moment, I realized that I think once you hit a certain age, if you start thinking, if you start looking disparagingly and cynically on the youth, you might be getting old. And that's, that's one thing I, I never want to be a part of is, is getting old. So I appreciate uh, our youth and I want to be able to provide the best opportunities for young people as, as we can and if if all of us 
have that perspective. I think this this world could be a much better place. So that's my thoughts on this week. Uh, next week we'll we'll have another great artist that's going to come in and we're going to chat with them about their career and what they're doing and, and what they're looking forward to. And I really look forward to that conversation. So I I want to thank you for joining us and spending your time listening to, to what I feel is, is a very important story and a very important thing that's happening in our community. This Northern Plains Summer Art Institute. Um, well, you know, I, one last plug is that it's the first online Native American art program um, institute of this type in the country. And I'm proud to have over oversaw this program with this amazing group of artists, both adults and students. So I'm, I'm very proud of that. I'm Joe Williams. Uh, you can find me on Canna, that's C-A-N-A-A, Creativity Among Native American Artists on Facebook or at the plainsart.org website. There you can find our programming, our past videos, and our podcasts. Uh, you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, uh, Spotify, and I believe Google Podcasts uh, platforms. And we're, we're always looking to expand our, our platform as well. So thank you for this time. Um, I appreciate you listening to uh, this, this episode, and I look forward to uh, for next week's episode. So you take care, and we'll see you then.